Welcome to the Defenders Podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. <laughs> I'm Matt. <laughs> and I'm Robin. <laughs> wow, what a musical introduction this week. <laughs> you, you, you should have done a barbershop quartet. Hello. John can do his introduction that way. And you are our special guest. Jonathan, 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 Jonathan. I thought you'd be like, wicka, 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 John. (laughs) We're back for season two of Daredevil, guys. We ended Jessica Jones with a special guest, Jonathan, and we start Daredevil season two with special guest, Jonathan. (laughs) It's like the opposite of a Jonathan sandwich, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Faced Jonathan sandwich. I guess. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. How you feeling? Yeah, great. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys manage to avoid spoilers over the weekend? Because obviously we're recording this two days after Daredevil hit Netflix. I've seen pictures of characters. That's it. Like in promotional stuff. I've just heard people talk like about yeah. uh, their general feelings about it. Yeah, I know what Electra look, looks like basically. <laughs> I'm just constantly <laughs> having to like mute people on Twitter, like because it's like. I'm watching Daredevil and I just need to talk about my feelings. And it's like, okay, mute, mute. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I think like, this year, like they I think they released the promo images of like Electra in her costume and the Punisher sort of in his his the full Punisher look because of the images of Daredevil in his like final red costume from the end of season one that sort of got leaked or people saw them. Yeah. Um, so I think this year they were just like, eh, <laughs> just, you know, um, kind of yeah. release that stuff. And it's just like these TV journalists, it's not even like reg- regular people like watching Daredevil. It's like TV journalists that have had the screeners for like the week and yeah. are like, oh, finally I can talk about it. You know, it's like, what? yeah, it's been a day, man. It's been like a few hours since it's been released. <laughs> I understand because I was bouncing up and down in my chair at the end of it because I, obviously, listeners, I watched the 13 episodes on Friday. I'm really tired. I'm too old. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I was like, I'm absolutely shattered from watching 13 hours of television. And then I go on on Facebook and see um, Chris Brewster posting photos of him having a, a little rest after doing like hours and hours of fighting. And he's just having a breather. Friend of the show, Chris Brewster, I should say. And I'm like, man, I'm really unfit and old because <laughs> I'm like, just watching television exhausts me. Terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, it's. I was really excited to talk about it, but uh, I, yeah, I'm not going to spoil you guys on anything. Or am I? You were a groggy foggy. I was a groggy foggy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was a scary cleric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Jonathan, welcome back to Defenders Podcast. Um, Thank you. Have you have you watched ahead on season two, or have you just seen the first episode? Uh, I've only seen this one. I was going to, but I got busy yesterday, so I didn't have time to watch ahead. But I have been getting uh, texts from my dance partner who is like, can you please hurry up and watch this? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) We can talk. Well, I've literally just had um, lunch with uh, our former guest and and my my friend Vicky. Um, So I obviously saw the whole season. I rewatched the first episode to make my notes, and she'd seen all of it yesterday apart from the finale. So today I've watched the first episode again and the finale which is kind of weird <laughs> so <laughs> we literally finished watching it not about an hour ago um, yeah uh, yeah exciting things in- i'm glad you didn't say former guest former friend vicky <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yes. Arts. Okay. What so I know it's on the podcast. We're breaking up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm making it making it formal right here, right now. Uh, my comic Comic Con buddy. We're breaking up as Comic Con buddies. <laughs> um, oh, it's pod it's podcast official. Exactly. So the internet, everything on the internet is true. Everything. <laughs> so a couple of bits of news, um, mostly about Luke Cage. I mean, the obvious news is Daredevil season two's out, guys. Hooray! Um, but at the very end of the, if you watch the the season on netflix at the end of uh the last episode usually where netflix will have the little window pop up and say oh skip to the next episode starting in 15 seconds or whatever um for this it actually has like a little it's almost like a post credits like they do for the movies and it will say um it says something like near hell's kitchen in harlem another hero is on the rise and you can see a little short uh, teaser for Luke Cage. And it's really not spoilery, um, I don't think. Um, and I think you've seen it, Robin, haven't you? I don't know if Matt Merlin and Jonathan have. Nope. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't available to me on Netflix, unless you, you're saying I have to actually I think you might have to actually. Yeah, I think you have to see the final episode. But yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you'll be able to see it on YouTube or, you know, somewhere. It'll be up there. But um, it's, it's just a short teaser. It's Luke Cage. He's in a gym. I don't know if it's fogwells it might be um and basically a load of guys start shooting at him and he says oh you must not have heard of of me and obviously the bullets just bounce off of him and then he says something like i'm really fed up of buying new clothes and then he throws one of the guys through a window and then it we get some like uh we get the the new luke cage logo which looks awesome and we get some like music and that's it but it looks like really cool it's nice that we got a little tease <laughs> yeah no probably uh, nothing like that <laughs> that was like the james bond theme i was like okay. yeah <laughs> that would be really weird if it's like bang, 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 bang. luke cage is james bond okay <laughs> tired of these motherfucking bullets and this motherfucking shirt <laughs> um and literally as we started recording there was another bit of news that i saw posted on the facebook page of friends of the show defenders tv podcast by uh, Rebecca, and that just says that uh, Paul Mc... I can't say names. Paul McGuigan, who directed the films Lucky Number no. Slevin and Push, and it also directed episodes of Sherlock. He tweeted yesterday that he directed the first two episodes of Luke Cage. So that's cool because he's an amazing mm-hmm. director. So yeah, pretty cool. Um, that's our news for this week, guys. Shall we get into the episode? Yeah. Unless you guys have news about your week. <laughs> nope. Well, we already talked about how I hate spoilers, and uh, I think that Punisher spoilers will be punished. Graphics should be our uh, our banner. At the I might make it our banner. I did, I did see it and think that has to go on the group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like you know on a roof somewhere. I'm I'm the Claire Punisher now this season, and I will punish spoilers. <laughs> but not spoilers. Sounds okay. like you're gonna punish yourself. You're Claire Punisher. <laughs> exactly. God, it sounds so dirty. Oh my! I will whip myself <laughs> like that dude from Da Vinci Code. If you guys keep spoiling my newbies, like a creepy albino monk. So, <laughs> did you guys on Netflix watch the season one recap, which is comes up before episode one? No, no, I refused. I I watched about half of it, but it's quite long. It's about five minutes, and I was like, "Why am I watching this? I know what happened." So I just skipped through it. Yeah, we 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 did that too. <laughs> 
Cool. Yeah, I, like, I, yeah. I just watched no it. Yeah. <laughs> so. so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the episode, just kind of like sketch out what happened in each of the scenes and then just go through any things in each scene that we liked. So we get our, um, as is traditional, our pre-credit opener, um, as we did in the first season, which is Daredevil hunting down some diamond robbers, I think, through a, uh, a Chinese restaurant and through a church. Every time, every time I thought he got them all, there was another one. I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, that's the end. Oh wait, now there's another guy running. Okay, that's the end. Oh wait, no, there's one more still running. <laughs> I kept trying to keep count, so I was like, well, there's three. Okay, now there's two. Oh, wait, there's three. What? what? I, I don't know. <laughs> I like that these are like the the classic bad guys. You know, they got a cases full of diamonds. Of course, yeah. you know, yeah. it seems very comic booky. I like um, the. I mean, we we go straight into like the violence really in this season. We get one of the robber the robbers. Uh, one of the robbers shoots one of the cops like straight away, point blank, oh, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, brutal. but this is the season we're in. But I like that we get this set up in the first scene that we have the cops as heroes as well, because obviously we have Brett later returning. But mm. after last season, where there was so many cops on the take. Um, I, yeah. I like that, that we have the kind of relationship between the, the vigilantes, whether it's Jessica Jones or Matt Murdock and the cops as a sort of thread throughout all these seasons. I like that. Um, but it shows that, that there are these decent cops as well, you know, yeah. New York. I think that cop who got shot is probably OK. It sounded like it hit armor, but. Oh, did it? It laid him right on his back I, really hard. Oh, was <laughs> really a, like, wasn't it a woman? It I looked think like it, a woman. Oh, was when it? They, when, the, uh, hat, when the hat came off, it looked like there was some long hair underneath that. Um, I really liked that stunt. Like mm. that, that was straight out in, you know, legs straight forward in the air, and then yeah. right on the back. I mean, it was. Yeah, the sound effects sound, made it sound like it was uh, body armor to me, but I don't know. Oh, I didn't. Maybe I not. didn't hear it. <laughs> I just heard it on by the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was very happy when this whole thing started because I knew that you had already watched it and you mm-hmm. were probably just giggling with glee at all the water towers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So many water towers. So, well, it's so New York. I mean, I say it. Yeah. You know, I say it every time. It's the fact that this is filmed on location in New York. You can really tell. I mean, it's just there's a, the scene. I mean, skipping ahead a little bit, but where Foggy and Matt are walking along the street, and I, I think that was Williamsburg because I recognise some of it, and I think that was around Williamsburg, and I know they do film uh, Nelson and Murdoch at, in Williamsburg, and it just it just felt so authentically New York, you know? It really yeah. gives it that feel. It's great. You can't get that filming in another, filming in Vancouver or LA and pretending it's New York. Um, oh, another... Actually, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, actually, I'm back to the body armor thing. I'm going to say it is body armor because I learned something recently. Uh, given the fact that she did, like, fly up in the air and, like, just drop mm-hmm. onto her back... I'm going to say it is body armor because I've, I've learned like it's like the realistic way that somebody gets shot is they get shot and then they just drop. Like crumble. They just, yeah, they just crum, crumble down. They don't like fly back. So if she flew back, there's probably an impact on her chest that stopped that makes the bullets. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad she's okay, she Officer lives. Jones. <laughs> we don't know her name. <laughs> she, she survived. Yay. I love also, we were talking about, you know, classic New York stuff. And just to, just to you know, I, I love, like in Spider-Man 2, the people of New York rallying around a superhero. And the chefs. Yes, the chefs. <laughs> okay, stopping like, this guy. That struck me as so, like, kind of like Ninja Turtles-esque for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It just felt kind of like wacky, like, you know. <laughs> 
wacky New York stuff. <laughs> I loved so I I, I that was I, I laughed so hard at that because they're just like I, I love the fact that you don't see Daredevil in this whole bit until he appears in the church. Like you know you, he's just off screen, mm. but I love that that when they when he's done with that guy and it's just the Chinese <laughs> chefs are all like yeah and just kicking him. It's like, <laughs> so awesome. oh, yeah. Uh, and, um, what did you think about? Um, the fact of like when he, I mean, you, we see him using his club a lot more in this, like, you know, knocking the lights out, knocking people out. And obviously he was, he was becoming more proficient with those at the end of season one, but this is the most we've, we've seen him use them. Um, I really like that that we get to see him use them. And then we obviously get him appear for the first time in the church. He seems Very to cool. throw them around a lot. Does he ever go back for them, or does he just get new ones? It's probably like his cane in the first season. He just throws it around, you know, all over the place. There's just canes everywhere. In <laughs> Mel had a good Mel had a good question about the church. Oh yeah, like how does he even know where the lights are? I feel like he would at least he would know the shape of them mm-hmm. for sure. But how would he know that they're on? I would have you said know, he probably like, the heat. Maybe he can hear them buzzing. And the buzzing, yeah. The that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm. fair enough. I was, like, wondering. I was like, why? How does he know they're on? <laughs> <laughs> and I like that it ends as well with, because he was, you know, he was just becoming a bit more sure of himself at the end of the last season. And we end this pre-credits bit with him, like, standing on the on the rooftop above this giant red cross, smirking, just looking completely confident and it's really i mean i love that this season opens with he's so overconfident i mean he's the guy that took down the kingpin you know and he is overconfident and that really comes back to to uh bite him in the ass or the head i should say later in the episode at the end of the episode (laughs) he's overconfident and i like that because this is something that is i think true to the character in the comics the he can be a over arrogant character So uh, well, one more one more thing I'll mention about mm-hmm. the scene. I'll let you move. I'm sorry. Um, That's right. the, the mention of the record temperatures, of course, that goes through the entire episode. Yes. And it's just like perfect. <laughs> exactly. It well, was freaking hot. <laughs> we can say as well that this episode, I'm pretty sure they filmed parts of this the week after Robin and I were in New York. Because when we were in the real life Josie's bar, the turkey's nest, and we were chatting to the guy in there, he was saying that the following week, um, they, the producers of the show had said that they would be filming in the bar and it was going to be a scene set at the pool table, which I think right. I mentioned like last summer after we got back from New York, which is obviously the scene later on in this episode. So if it's filmed around that time, they probably film this as well, because if they're talking about that heat, yeah, it was so unbearably hot so in New York. Hot. It was so hot. So I thought I was going to pass out walking through Williamsburg with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was quite cool of them making a point about the heat because, oh, man, yeah. It was so but cool. it goes great with, you know, the way – um, the, you know, the way the story is moving, like, you know, you know, it's getting hotter in Hell's Kitchen, you know, it's mm. things are going to get worse and worse um, and it's going to explode soon, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we get the credits, which uh, no changes to the credits uh, for season one. Then the next scene is Matt and Foggy walking to work and they're discussing Foggy's love life and Matt as being daredevil. Um, one of the points I had about this scene was I still love that we have scenes that have, I mean, obviously it's part of being in a city anyway, but they walk past construction going on. But I like that they include stuff like that in shots because it's it kind of reminds you that they're rebuilding Hell's Kitchen after the incident when we get another mention of the incident later as well. But I just think that's that's cool to notice in the background. But were you got are you happy to see these guys back together? Mel, did your heart grow three sides in its chest to see your beloved nope. again? <laughs> it shrank. Oh. 
<laughs> Even me, I'm the I'm the one who asked for more scenes like this, and I'm like, eh. It's just so every time that uh, Foggy and Karen and Matt were together in some form or another, I was like, oh, it's done. No, I just still don't buy it. it like it's like... still forced. Like it feels like the actors hate each other. Oh. Yeah, it does to me. Like it feels like they're like really awkward with each other. It just feels like forced dialogue. T- TV, you know, happy scenes. I don't know. Oh, it doesn't I love feel these guys together. Oh, yeah, I, I I understand why you guys like them. You know, you guys yeah. have like, a fondness for them I from want to from like knowing. <laughs> I want to like the friendship, but it's just no. I just can't. I can't. It so seems you contrived. you were not the like, person. It just feels like it feels like they're trying too hard to be cool with each other. So mm. that that wasn't you walking past Mel that went, "Hey, Foggy, looking good." <laughs> <Whatever it was>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You were the lady that got knocked into. Yeah, I went, hey, <laughs> and he didn't even I acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that that moment for me was like that was classic new york that was yeah. like yeah. that was that caused me to say the thing i usually say to new york which is oh fuck off new york <laughs> it's just saying like we get that in sandwich. london as well you know it's just being in a big city you get people who are like hey you're friendly and then people who are like get out of my way you stupid sandwich <laughs> we don't we don't we don't do that in seattle Oh. Uh, Claire, we give each other dirty looks. We act like we don't see each other. We're very passive aggressive, but we don't actually talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's more. Yeah. Well, everyone I met in Seattle was lovely, Jonathan. Well, Aww. thanks. <laughs> um, we get as well in this scene. Oh, the kids playing in the fire hydrant. I love because we don't have those fire hydrants in London. And I always wanted to play in one after seeing them in movies. Like, you know, where they spray Especially the streets. When you know it's so hot out, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, would you not like to imagine Nelson and Murdoch on the dance floor, Mel? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, can we talk about that for a moment? Mm, because sure. he says, do I look like I'm capable of making healthy life choices? <laughs> Dancing is a healthy life choice. Yeah. It's probably what he was drinking that wasn't healthy. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like we need to clarify that. Well, I don't well, know. He also know. said, did you go back to the gym? Which means that Foggy was a member of a gym at some point, which... I don't know. It's kind of and he's, and he's out of shape and dancing all night. I've been in that scenario where like you exert yourself really, really hard and you're completely out of shape and the next day you're just like dying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've all been there. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not very special in that. <laughs> also, Foggy is still getting way um, way more of a love that, that kind of sh- <laughs> The one thing that kind of shocked me was the fact that Foggy said that he's covering up for Matt by saying uh, Matt's got a drinking problem, especially yes. when Matt's drinking a beer later in the episode. <laughs> in front of Karen. She's probably Was that a thing. joke or was that? Um, that's real. My lips are sealed. Okay. I, I hope it's a joke. <laughs> I took it as a joke, but maybe not. But can you imagine if it wasn't a joke and Karen's like, I'm going to go and get you guys another drink and I'm getting you some water, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some bacteria water. Um, did you? What did you guys think about the the way? Because I like that with this scene, the tension kind of immediate. There's immediate tension once Foggy is obviously kind of looking after Matt and like mops the blood up from the back of his head, uh, which is kind of cool because obviously Matt wasn't aware of that. But the, it immediately becomes a lot more tense, and this is when we get the Zuli Almeida story. Um, and I wrote sense. in my notes, I can see both points of view from this. He can sense when the light's buzzing, but he can't sense blood dripping down 
the back of his head. <laughs> I don't think it was yeah. dripping. I think because you couldn't see any on his collar, but I think maybe it was but just starting you could to show. Hear, you could hear the bl- You should be able to hear the blood pumping out of your vein because it's so <laughs> close to your ear. <laughs> you could just hear it go. Out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. There's there. I, I rewatched Daredevil season one, and there's that scene where Matt smells cologne from three floors up. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna say, we're gonna have need to hold Daredevil to uh, <laughs> accountable for some things that he probably should. Sense. Oh, I will, <laughs> I will spoil you guys on this now. There is some stuff in this season, just as there is in season one. And just as there is in the comics where you're like, that doesn't add up with his senses. You know, in season one, there's stuff that he can't sense. But he's like, I can smell across the room that that box has three rolls of tape in it. You're like, what? How? Um, (laughs) This is where the suspension of disbelief often comes in in regards to Matt's senses, unfortunately. I suppose, though, that you have to give him some sort of leeway where it comes to, like, you can't focus on everything that's happening at once if Mm -hmm. you're sensing everything around you. So in that case, it makes sense. But Ah, still, like, something... That was a pun, Mel. (laughs) Shut up. So that's something that's so close to like your ear though like right on your neck i feel like that doesn't get a pass maybe he's distracting mel because he's so charmed at the thought of foggy dancing that you know <laughs> he <laughs> says a little animation of foggy like a cartoon foggy dancing in his head he says he's yeah he oh, says wow. he can't take a night off mm-hmm. but does that, does that mean somebody dies in new york every night no, it's, he's the reason that somebody doesn't die in New York every night. Yeah. No, I mean, I, thought, I think that, again, this is, what I don't is this, think it's in New York? I don't think it's literal. <laughs> I don't think it's like literally someone would die. I think this kind of, again, ties into his arrogance in terms of I'm that I'm, I'm the daredevil. I took down the kingpin, you know, he, he's riding, he's riding that at the moment. And I, that's why I think later on in the episode, when we see Frank Castle pull a gun on him later in the episode, it's like his world changes because it's suddenly like, oh crap, I'm not invincible to something like he hadn't even anticipated that. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's, this is him being a bit of kind of bigging himself up being like, you know, because obviously he did save that woman's life when he tells the story, but he is also like, you know, if I take a night off, someone dies. Well, no, not necessarily, but this Matt feels like the whole world is his responsibility. See, you're saying arrogance a lot. And I do feel like he's, he's definitely, he's, he's found his, his mission Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's seen results from the work that he does. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Oh no, there's not. Uh, I'm just saying arrogance from linking it with the comics. He's, it's, I think it's one of his, his weaknesses as not as a character, yeah. but as a person is he's prone to, to arrogance. So that's me probably linking it more with coming from the comics. I just, I like that they kind of, there's hints of that in this, this, uh, the start of this episode. Okay. Um, no? a, uh, did you hear anything about civil war two in the comics? Um, only that, as I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, Christos Gage is writing the, some of the Spider-Man part who obviously wrote for daredevil season one. Do you know what I, it's about, though? No. I, I know it's uh, it's Iron Man versus Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I and believe seems... Daredevil's on Iron Man's side, but I don't really know what it relates to. It seems to be over. There's a being who's who's appeared who can see the future. And the, the, so one, te- one side of this civil war wants to use that being to punish criminals before they can commit a 
commit the crime. Oh. So kind of like Minority Report. Yeah. That's Captain Marvel's side. And Iron Man's side is they don't want to randomly beat down and lock up people for things they haven't done yet. <laughs> so that's the side the Daredevil's on. Yeah, which would make and, sense that Daredevil's on that side. <laughs> and Luke Cage. Yeah. Oh, because they're buds. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll point out one more thing in the scene as well, which is this is the first time in the season that Matt crosses his heart, but it's not the last time. Mm. <laughs> okay. You're gonna wink. I, I I did just wink. This is an audio okay. podcast, so here's the noise of me winking. Ding. <laughs> so in the next scene, we're at Nelson and Murdoch's. Um, Matt Foggy and Karen are in the office, and this is where we see that they've got lots more clients um, than the first season. Um, but this is also where Karen tells them that they are now broke. Oh, so I have a question: Who is Foggy calling idiots as he enters? I don't know. As he enters the office, he goes, idiots. And I was like, are you calling your clients idiots, Foggy? What's happening? <laughs> That's really not a good plan. Maybe he's, maybe he's talking about himself in that he's multiple personality. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's talking about you in that you don't like him, Mel. <laughs> that, that could be it. <laughs> talking about all the Foggy haters out there. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's up with Karen telling Matt and Foggy everybody's cases in front of everybody? I know. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like yeah, they all the you. all the clients seem like yeah yeah, yeah I fine. got this problem, but you know. Oh, you're saying about Mr. Weird. Maxwell's uh, Mr. Maxwell's uh, being attacked in a bar? Well, I know him. Hey, yeah. he's my best buddy. She's like, okay. I feel like no maybe. Wonder. I what? feel like maybe all of the clients came in yelling their problems to begin with. They probably <laughs> just <laughs> gossiping about them all. Like, oh, what are you here for? Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no wonder they're just getting paid in fruit and pies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did a great job representing me, but the, the, the privacy is completely out the window. <laughs> yeah, there's no client, <laughs> client lawyer privilege, or is. Yeah. Oh, client attorney privilege. Um, what did you guys think of uh, uh, Foggy getting excited about the strawberry rhubarb? <laughs> Oh. I was excited about the strawberry I, was, and I didn't <laughs> eat it. I was gonna say I was with him. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> look pretty nice. That stuff is amazing." So I noticed a lot of had a eat. bowl of jelly beans on her desk. I was like, "Oh, that's cute." She's been handing out jelly beans to like the guy with the the injured dog. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. She better have a spoon with those jelly beans. Oh yeah. Everybody reaching their hands in there. Ooh. And Karen's all happy because it's the three of them again. Oh yeah. And Matt and Mel are happy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I buy their friendship. I definitely buy their friendship. Uh, um, but yeah, I, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it has to do with reading the comics or if it has to do with just what I've gotten in the show. I don't know. I've never read the comics, but I'm with you, Claire. I like the three of them together. It, yeah, me too. It works for me. Yeah, it's some of my favorite stuff. Like, I love the scene in the in the bar a bit later. I love that. But. I, I I do think as well. I bring some stuff, obviously, from reading the comics. So I'm I, obviously I can't say it from a completely biased point of view because I have that history with the characters from the comics. But I like them together. I was maybe this is a good time to bring this up, Mel. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. What she's did you do, Robin? What did you do? <laughs> she's really, she's like, yeah, but I, I rewatched season one and uh, one of the foggy scenes. I was like, oh man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna just this this is this, this, just a fraction of getting which one? like uh, what which scene oh yeah I don't know oh okay I I just know that I don't know he he's so very he's so very antagonistic in the first season and in this episode I did I I I think I did feel a little bit better about him but just because I think 
I think I like him better knowing Matt's secrets mm-hmm. and actually helping out in things rather than being like this antagonistic person that he was turning into in season one, mm-hmm. especially after he learned the secret, which was really kind of. Yeah, I really I, I'll agree with you there. I really hated Sad Foggy for like two episodes. Yeah, where he just couldn't he couldn't handle it. Okay. He seems more like he seems less. I don't know. He's he's still got this. Uh, maybe maybe some of it is the the um, the way he's egotistic about ladies. Like, <laughs> but it you know it's self deprecating. But still, he's mm-hmm. like again and again about that. <laughs> I think Foggy is a lot more. One of the things I love about him, and you get this right from this episode. And I don't know if this is the character developing that way or the writers writing him slightly differently. But I think you get him a lot more confident in his own abilities as a lawyer mm-hmm. and as a person doing good without Matt, if that makes sense, because he goes right. to the biker bar on his own. He's, I mean, he's a badass in this episode because he does stuff that takes guts as they say later. Uh, um, he gets very emasculated later. I, I like shit. My pants foggy. That was, that's, that was funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I liked Foggy in that scene a lot. When he had a mission? When he mm-hmm. had a mission, yeah. I liked him. I I like each of these characters. I like them better on their own. I think they shine way better on their own than when they're together, mm. personally. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. anytime they're together, I'm like, no, can't, I can't. <laughs> it just doesn't. It, they, they don't sell it to me at all. Like, I just can't do it. Every, every time you see them, like, coming towards each other to hang out, you've just got Mel. They're going, no, no. <laughs> You know with the flashback last season? Like, you didn't buy that at all? When they were listening to Train? College? (laughs) Maybe it was Train that rubbed it the wrong way. It's like, nope, no more drops of Jupiter. No, thank you. Fuck these characters. (laughs) So, in the next scene, we, uh, it's night time. Grotto and Mr. Nesbitt arrive at the Irish bar. Um, The Irish gang are there to do a toast um, about how they're going to take over the kitchen, and then they're suddenly wiped out by an unseen assailant. Uh, can we talk about my people, the Irish? <laughs> how very Irish they are. Uh, yeah, because this is you have the same ringtone as Mr. Nesbit, John. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I laughed. Oh, it was well, so cor- amazing. The corned beef. <laughs> yes. Oh God, you guys. Okay, so that's not Irish. I'm just no, but. Um... <laughs> That's the St. Paddy's Day thing, isn't it? I laughed so hard. this aired just after St. Paddy's Day. That was quite cool. (laughs) Let the Irish man speak. Sorry. (laughs) We're going to suppress the Irish man. (laughs) Hey, I'm Irish too as well, Jonathan. (laughs) Corned beef and cabbage is a Boston Irish thing, and fuck the Boston Irish. Um, Yeah, I said it. Throwing down. Listen, um, we're big fans of House of Pain, so... uh... (laughs) But... But I did like. I mean, my favorite part about this was uh, when the when the bullets start flying in. All of them just stand up and yeah. point at a wall. And start <laughs> They're like, "I'm going down, are... fighting." Ah. Yeah, you don't know where the bullets are coming from. There's absolutely nothing to be gained from standing up and making a larger target of yourself <laughs> and firing. But every one of them does it. Rocket's got the right idea. He like jumps behind the bar. Yeah, that's yeah. my people. Aww. Were you um were you guys pleased that something we discussed in season one is finally in the show which is uh, uh the first appearance of juice the devil dog uh what oh what? shit that's a spoiler sorry uh oh, yeah don't worry <laughs> obviously obviously matt goes and rescues this dog that they were talking about and he takes it home and puts a red cape on it and it becomes juice the devil dog guys i mean come on <laughs> well i don't even need to watch the rest of the season now it's been completely ruined <laughs> 
I thought it was going to be in a whole episode where Daredevil goes to a, a dog shelter and uh, adopts, <laughs> adopts a special dog. dog. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, just just look out for that dog, you know, when he comes back okay. later. And he's called the called Juice, the devil dog. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and he gets his own uh, costume made by <laughs> Melvin Potter. <laughs> my 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 thoughts on this uh this was a nice uh misdirect because you know we see these guys and we're like all right there's no accents but apparently they're irish and uh <laughs> yeah, irish and, american you know, I, we will get well, there's some that seem to be like we're from the we're from the country we came and brought this place up blah blah blah, blah. And yet I, we also adapted uh, a pretty good new york accent <laughs> <laughs> um and and the one thing i i noted was uh this 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 kid in the white shirt and he's getting mm-hmm. we got to be gratitude we got to be gratitude for the support of his father blah, blah, blah. and I was like oh, is that Owsley Jr. right there and then he gets killed <laughs> so, who knows <laughs> baby Ooh. there's something about this scene though I think there's more like at, at first glance I was like oh this is like a big misdirect everybody gets killed and we're moving on but there was stuff about this that like details about this person is betraying this person and then somebody's wearing a vest and uh, what's up with the phone ringing? Mm. Uh, uh, I think we're going to find out more about this. Another thing I like is that in the first season, obviously we had lots of different groups coming in to take over Hell's Kitchen in after the incident. So you had obviously Fisk kind of leading it all, but you had like the mafia um, moving out of the kitchen. So they did have control of it. The Russians took over from the mafia. You had the Yakuza. You had um, uh, Madame Gao with like possible links to the triad, but you didn't really have like the I- the Irish mob, and which would would be in Hell's Kitchen, and obviously ties in with Matt Murdock's Irish roots. So I like the fact that they're acknowledging that um, that that would be a big part of the of the um, history of the area in New York. I think that's cool that they finally brought in like the Irish as well. Damn right. <laughs> I just wish I just wish that they hadn't made them such a stereotype. Well, the ringtone, not just that, the ringtone, the corned beef and potatoes, the <laughs> drinking. <laughs> and then one of the guys was, was like, listen, one of the guys was like, oh, let's all, uh, let's uh, be sober or whatever. Like, he made that sober comment, and then one of the guys was like, yeah, as if. As oh, if that would be, that, was, as that if guy would be was sober. called George, by the way, because I like uh. George. Because he's like, like, like and then he's kind of like like shamed and is like, yeah, I like how none of them have an Irish accent, but they all say shite. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he did say that they were several generations Irish. So, I mean, it makes sense that they wouldn't have an accent, but like several generations. But why do they they suddenly say shite? Because it's cultural within their little community, I suppose. But still, they were way too stereotypical. (laughs) Okay, and, so and I guess we got to justify the fact that they're all they all get m- murdered mercilessly because they they were uh, they were doing dog fighting. So yeah. I guess yeah. that's well, okay. by an army, apparently, at this point, which maybe not late. Yeah. Um, that, oh, and another group that's... I didn't mention, like t- moving into the kitchen to take over. Um, we also get, obviously, the mention of the, the cartel in this episode as well. So like that's another group trying to take over. So in the next scene, we're in Josie's bar, a.k.a. the turkey's nest. Um, and Foggy, Matt and Karen are playing um, pool and flirting and this is when uh, Grotto has approached them for help and they talk to him 
um, and we learn to not drink the water in Josie's. We also have Foggy going to the bathroom, which Robin has also visited in real life. So, Robin, yes. tell us all about that. <laughs> Me and Foggy are bathroom buddies. Now, that's not exactly what you'd think it is. I mean, just hearing that, it's kind of like, oh, okay. They're... You say bathroom uh, buddy, I think of the invention out of Gremlins, you know, where the dad's like, it's the bathroom buddy. And he's got uh, like a little thing that squirts <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, that's all I got. I mean, the bathroom is small. Um, so portly gentlemen like me and Foggy, uh, did have a problem probably just getting some elbow room in there. We did but, not uh, drink the water in Josie's, did we? No. We had soda. Oh, although we technically did. I mean, we oh, had yeah, ice we had in our soda. sodas. That's true. Oh, cool. you guys are dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's You're filled why with I've got all. this cold. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I noticed a couple of bits in the scene I just wanted to point out before we sort of talk our thoughts about it. I was looking very closely at the board behind Karen, and I want to point out a few things of the posters. Oh. One said painting for beginners, which just really amused me because I just imagined some of these like thugs that are packing and Josie's being like, oh, yes, I've always wanted to try watercolours. <laughs> It really amused me. And then one of the posters said, puppies for sale. And then it had like details. And then at the bottom it said, they are ugly, but they are cheap. (laughs) I was like, aww. (laughs) I'd buy every one of them. (laughs) So cute. And then one of them, I couldn't read the whole thing, but it said, still reeling from the incident. Stop, take control. There is strength in numbers. Avenge your, and I think it said city. And then it had something else. And then at the very bottom, it said, join our something support group. So I thought that was cool because it's like a link to the Avengers, oh. but not an obvious one. Um, but I liked that it or said, that. you know, avenge your city, um, the incident. It was cool. It was like a nice catch. Maybe it was uh, that husband and wife from Jessica Maybe. Jones. They were hanging those flyers up. If I, Yeah, I wish I could have seen more of it. I, I did. I really tried. I mean, probably when it's on like Blu-ray and stuff, you'd be able to read it. But you, I just couldn't read it on my TV. Um, but I just thought that was quite a cool little detail. But the the puppy one was the one that really made me laugh. <laughs> they are cheap. <laughs> they are ugly, but they are cheap. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put so- that on my Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Swipe um, right. <laughs> so what did you guys think of this scene like obviously with matt um matt foggy and karen again all together i thought this scene was adorable and again matt's being a bit cocky and doing you know playing the pool but he's letting karen kind of you know show him how to play pool and stuff and it reminded me of a scene in um the excellent excellent daredevil yellow written by jeff Loeb, where there is a scene where i don't know if he's playing pool with karen but i know matt and foggy are playing pool and i think someone makes a crack about about Helen Keller to Matt, but um, that's a really good book if anyone wants to read it. That's what it reminded me of. I was disappointed to see uh, Carol and Matt. You Carol? Know, or not Carol. Karen. Um, Karen. Sorry. <laughs> then walk, I'm walking dead mode. Um, <laughs> no, not Carol. You're not even doing a podcast I know, on walking dead, just, Matt. It's always on my mind. Oh. Um, all right, Willie Nelson. I thought you were in Hooplecast mode. <laughs> Is there a Carol in that show? No. <laughs> Isn't that your co-host? Oh, yes. true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no Carol. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was sad to see them still like doing that will they won't they thing. I thought she was over him or going with Foggy or something or I don't know. Well, she gave, I want her to that Foggy. Thirty moment in the finale last season, wasn't there? Where yeah, they, mm-hmm. they they started that at the beginning of the season of season one, and then it went away, and then it was all this like. 
will Foggy get a break for most of the first season? And then at the last episode, it seemed like they had some sort of a, a connection. Mm. So I, I was totally open to a little bit of cozy pull as, <laughs> I, as I wrote it down. This is cozy. But Foggy had Marcy. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt had uh, Claire. Yeah. Not for long. Yeah. Um, I like uh, in this scene as well, we didn't mention it about, well, I didn't mention it in the earlier scene in Nelson Murdoch, where, you know, Matt says to Karen, oh, Foggy wishes it was always us three. And Karen kind of gets that look on her face. And in the earlier scene where the guy says, oh, your girl's a badass. And she's like, oh, you have no idea. I I like that we're getting those those hints back at the fact that, you know, she killed Ben. Uh, not she didn't kill Ben. She killed Wesley. Sorry. Whoa. Uh, but she <laughs> she got Ben's car. She inadvertently killed Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and um, I like that that's obviously still very much playing on her mind. Um, another little detail I like is when they, um, a little cinematography detail, when they did the shot of Foggy leaving the, the bathroom, they could have just shot that without anything else going on in the scene. But in the reflection on the wall, you can see Karen and Matt playing pool. So I like that. I like that they thought they put a lot of thought into that shot that's like two seconds to to have that reflected that you could see it and it wasn't obvious it's only i noticed it on the second go but it just kind of makes me go bravo phil abraham who directed this and i didn't even say direct this episode sorry this episode was written by doug petrie and marco <laughs> ramirez the show the new showrunners directed by phil abraham he's also the guy who directed the first two episodes of season one and he's also going to direct next week's episode I like the close-up of Matt and Karen uh, in their cozy pool mode. Uh, yeah. Because you, know, you can see Matt's senses are kind of focused in on what she's feeling, and she's very, like, like kind of hot for him, you know? I thought it was, it was pretty hot, you know? She's, he's listening to her heartbeat. It's Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's touching his hand, and yeah. Yeah. I'm sold. Hook him up. I wonder how many um, takes they had to do for Charlie Cox doing that shot at the end where he pocketed the two balls. Excuse me? <laughs> He did the shot at the end with the the two things. Oh. I don't know Snoop pool terms. The two balls went in the pockets. Yeah, I thought you meant like he stole them off the table, put no. them in his pants, and then I was thinking, uh, pocket of two balls. <laughs> I don't know the terms, but they like he did that shot at the end, and I was like, I wonder if that took a few takes for them to. It's not the craziest shot of pool I've seen on TV. So he looks magical didn't. to me. I'm like, whoa, what are these witch skills? Because I'm rubbish. At mm. Well, this is this is what this is a place where I like to bring up the fact that this is when he starts hearing uh, Grotto uh, and his heart beating like crazy. I was like, I didn't recognize Grotto from the other scene. But and I was like, this guy just totally saw Matt pull off this crazy pull shot, and it's probably like, what the fuck just happened over there? That guy's blind. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy's blind. He can play pool. He notices me. He comes right over to me and talks to me directly. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot up this place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe so- he was somebody who's, who figured out he was Daredevil. I was thinking all sorts of things that weren't weren't actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, well, th- that's like when I watched it though as well every episode i'm like maybe it's this (laughs) like everything you know um so yeah so in the next scene they're chatting to grotto um and this is when he he says that he's in uh worked with uh the brannigans i think so i'm guessing it's like the brannigans gang oh laura brannigan zap brannigan what (laughs) (laughs) those are the only brannigans (laughs) i don't know any brannigans is brannigans I don't know. Uh, so, and then Grotto claims that he just skirts the surface, though, so he doesn't, you know, get involved in any of this stuff. We see earlier he's like the guy pouring the drinks for Nesbit and things. Oh, there they go to go and get them. 
<laughs> I, li- I live in Hell's Kitchen, listeners. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Brett Mahoney driving by. Um, and this is when we also get, obviously, the mention that Nelson and Murdoch is known to be a trustworthy uh, trustworthy firm that puts their faith in people, which I thought was nice. Oh, mm. And Grotto just wants a second chance. Grotto says that the place got shot up like a goddamn war zone. Almost ah. like a Punisher war zone. Wait, wait, mm. for, wait for the sound effect. Ding. <laughs> 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 That is my wink. <laughs> I'll do this. By the way, wink. Hang on, by the way you, you guys. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, uh, we need one. I did not, like, I, I knew that uh, The Punisher was going to be in this season. Mm-hmm. And I've been following along with all of the little things that have been coming out. And somehow, I still managed to watch a third or half of this episode without figuring out that the rival gang that's shooting everybody up is the Punisher. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Somehow I managed to, it was halfway through and I went, oh wait, I know where this is going. I think that's That's, cool that they managed to misdirect you in that way, you know. Um, That's the thing that bothered me though, because I was like, oh, I know what's happening. It's like, I know what's happening. I mean, if you followed like who was going to be in the show and everything, you'd be like, oh, it's the Punisher, because you know the current (laughs) Punisher. But I think for, for, particularly for people watching, they who aren't that familiar with the Punisher or even know that the character's going to be in it, I think they play it quite well because they're setting this whole thing up that there's gangs versus gangs and all this. And they keep yeah. saying it's like it's like an army. It's all this para, uh, paramilitary um, weapons being used. And then so at the end, when you get that guy say just one guy, whatever he says, I think it's yeah. a cool reveal. The, the, that is the disadvantage, though, of, of knowing at least that. I mean, there may be people listening to this podcast and like, holy shit, that guy was the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we keep saying Punisher. Yeah. I just say the Punisher because, guys, spoilers, that's the Punisher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Grotto collapses because he's got a gunshot to his side. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, that we hear we hear his glass drop and then he drops and I don't know if I was like writing something down or whatever, but I heard glass break and then he falls. So I was like, "Fucking Punisher just sniped him through the window of Josie's." Oh, I thought you were gonna <laughs> say, right "Wow, there really is a lot of bacteria in the water at Josie's." <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, drinks it, uh, goes straight down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he drank the water. <laughs> what happens um so in the next scene the police are inspecting the irish bar and then brett uh, mahoney returning character which is cool because obviously was in season one but also in jessica jones uh he chats with foggy and matt about uh sort of what's happening and i have to say we got that amazing shot through a bullet hole which i loved so much i was like shots through gore awesome It was pretty cool. <laughs> um, guys, did you like the grumpy cop who's like, it's going to take weeks to process this. Where's this asshole's hand? I had to say that quote. Just because that grumpy cop made me laugh so much because he was so grumpy. <laughs> I really enjoyed a couple of his quotes that he had. They were pretty funny. <laughs> he was just such a grump. Oh. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Since yeah. you just mentioned it, who's taking hands? Is it the hand? Uh, uh, why do you think I'm going to tell you? Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. I figured. I figured the Punisher took... I didn't see whose hand it was. I figured it was the son. They kept mentioning that guy's father, so I managed. I, I figured it was he took the son's hand and he was going to give it to the father or something. Mm. Give him Is a that hand. how they transfer power? No, no. He was like, <laughs> he was be like, look what I did to your son. Now you're next or whatever. Oh, I see. Unless his father's already dead and they were just like tributing him or something. That's why I was like, it was Leo and Owsley. That was Owsley's <laughs> son. But maybe Owsley's son Irish. has a son. <laughs> and it's like a little toddler owl. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a little owlet. <laughs> Aww. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be a confrontation <laughs> uh, between uh, Frank and like this big boss or whatever, and the guy's going to be like, "I got to hand it to you, Frank. I can't believe you killed every, all of my men." And he's like, "I got to hand it to you," and he throws the hand at his feet. <laughs> what a bunch! <laughs> 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 Oh, I knew I bought this bell for a reason. Um, <laughs> and obviously Foggy's talking to, to Brett in this, and we see that Brett kind of, even though he gives them uh, like shit when they first approach, and Foggy kind of keeps pressing for, for details, um, again, like with his kind of confidence, you know, about just sort of newly found confidence, I guess, because he even brings up Grotto. Brett's having none of it, but then he does kind of give talk to them a bit because I think he's sort of like, well, actually, these guys can help. You know, they did help take down the kingpin um, and get rid of all the corrupt cops. So I like that. I like that we sort of have Claire Temple as this character that is seems to show up in the shows as like the nurse. And then we have Brett as the cop. And I, I mentioned that on Defenders TV podcast Facebook group. And then someone was like, yeah, we just need a fireman as well. Who's <laughs> like their other buddy just turns up in every show. <laughs> Like <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Smokey. Oh, Smokey. So we get um, we get here as well. Did you guys think it was weird that? Do you think that Brett realised that Matt could hear the cops talking about the armor, and that's why he told the cops to keep the noise down? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I seemed a bit. I was like, because in that when I watched that, I was like, does he does he suspect that he's Daredevil? Because I mean, it, that that information is really new. So how would he know? Yeah, no, I think he just he just thinks they were talking that loud that somebody outside could hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not well, like that, well that known one, that Daredevil can hear really well. So, so I don't. That think one he... cop was yelling pretty loud. Where's this asshole's hand? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Garfield, oh. cover that head. That's a Highlander quote. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> and this is when we find out as well that Foggy knows knows a guy, and there's the mention of, of the um, biker gang, obviously. Who might appear in a, a, a yummy little Easter egg later? Dogs of hell. Mm. Um, next scene is in the hospital with Karen and Grotto, and we get the confirmation that Karen is a really, really good liar. <laughs> she makes nurses cry <sighs> with her lies. <laughs> it's also a confirmation that there that that guy is every once in a while attempts an Irish accent. Yes, <laughs> so just kind of peeks out in that scene. His real name—I wrote it down. The actor's got an awesome first name. I think it's McCaleb. Is his first name? Hmm. McCaleb Burnett. McCaleb Burnett. I was like, that's such an awesome first name. McCaleb. (laughs) McCaleb. Badass. (laughs) I'm I'm actually looking forward to hearing what uh, Derek and John uh, from Defenders TV podcast has (laughs) to say about these accents, though. These (laughs) non-accents. Yes. Mm. Yes. You know, sometimes when you're Irish, it just comes out. Yeah. You just can't, you can't hold it back. To be sure. Uh, the next scene might be my favorite in the episode because we get the return of Turk. Yeah, <laughs> King of Hell's Kitchen. I Poor Turk. I wish Turk had been in Jessica Jones. I want Turk in every episode, and it's just Turk <laughs> having a bad day because I love that he's like, oh, I'm gonna go back to jail. Oh man, give a guy a break, <laughs> and he's just like, no. <laughs> he really he's- did have a bad day really did we watched like two we watched uh daredevil and then we watched uh deadwood and two people like in each episode get their hands crushed yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous oh. <laughs> <laughs> um i like the fact that in this scene as well we get turk guaranteeing the quality of the guns i think that's a nice callback to the third episode of season one you know where he's like this gun will absolutely not jam and then it jams <laughs> because yeah. particularly later in this scene he's like oh those guns they couldn't even kill a rabbit 
I love that. <laughs> I had to say, if we do get to talk to Mo- Rob Morgan again, he does. Uh, I, you do kind of feel bad for him until you like realize, like, wait a second, he was like involved in human trafficking. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Seems in, like yeah. he's kind of a bad guy. <laughs> But he's you're just like, oh, guy. he's so outmatched. I love him. He's just like, oh, it's Turk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that when he sees the uh, the Billy Club, he's like, oh shit. <laughs> it's just so from the comics that it is this really guy is. just keeps getting taken. <laughs> he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and he gives Daredevil see some of the information, so we find out about the cartel bringing in military munitions, and they're in the meat packing district. Um, but I think this might be my favorite scene because. Because he calls Daredevil D, and it's so adorable and yeah. hilarious. Oh, How many D. times have they met? Twice? Um, no, this will be the third time, I think. Third time, yeah. Or, is, or is it implied that they've met like between a few times between season one and two, and he keeps coming to him or something? Um, I felt like Turk was seeing his new duds for the first time in the scene. Oh, yeah, he was, because he said nice duds. Yeah, so That's right. I, yeah. He'd only that seen is. him, I think, in the in the black costume. Yeah. But I, well, he's been in jail for a while. Yeah, he's in Rikers, but he calls him D like he's his buddy. I'm just like, it's just adorable. Oh, um, he hits the newspapers and Turks in jail going, I know that guy. He he almost threw me off a roof. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got a, doing a sentence at the end. He's like, well, you know, I'll be back out by the end of the month and just get smacked in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <It's like>, mm. <laughs> um, so the next scene is Mel's favorite because it's Foggy arriving at the Dogs of Hell and getting rough-handed around. I like this scene. I actually <laughs> like this scene. I love this scene. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what you liked about it, Mel. I just like that Foggy is out doing stuff. Like he's out doing kind of like detective work for for the benefit of the team, I guess. And mm. he's doing a half-decent job, even though he's screwing up a lot. But I mean, like... <laughs> How how else would you succeed with a bunch of like crazy, angry, murderous bikers? Like, mm. <laughs> you know, I think he did pretty well considering the situation. I don't know what does he actually know this guy that he says he knows. I guess, and he's just using that as a way to get in. And I think so. I, I think he does, and it sounds like he's like he says later that he's represented um, a lot of the the people or you know, a few of the people because he mentions uh, Foster, Ricky Wex, Pope, and, and Pope. Smitty. And Jonathan Pope, that famous member of Dogs of Hell. (laughs) That was a long time ago, but... (laughs) I was wondering if, uh, you know, as Foggy is being pulled through here, that some old guy was going to step out, blow cigar smoke in Foggy's face, and then put it out on his chest. (laughs) That's Terminator. (laughs) We get a Terminator moment later as well with Punisher in the hospital. That's very Terminator. Foggy was going to stab him in the shoulder, and the guy would be like, Ah! Pull it out! Pull it out! <laughs> <laughs> up there with like a leather coat. <laughs> 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 of course, Foggy walking through there naked would be a little weird. <laughs> Foggy's, a, Foggy's a badass though in this scene. It's like, oh, he's such a badass going there on his own. I'm like, oh. Oh, just wearing a big, like a, like you know, totally emasculated, wearing this pink shirt. Like these biker guys are like not having any of this. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his little satchel, his little law satchel. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Are the you next a cop? scene. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Oh. <laughs> so next scene is in uh, Daredevil arrives at uh, Leatherface's dream house, which is what I called it because it's just like hooks everywhere. I was like, this is Leatherface's dream mansion. He wishes he could live in, and finds the cartel members. Mm. Ow. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, when he's lifting that dude off the hook, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be awkward if the hook, like, stays stuck in the guy and he's trying to, like, shake him to get him off the hook. <laughs> he's going, you're making it worse! <laughs> I, think, I think I just had one comment on this scene, which is, God damn it, Frank Miller. Because yeah. I know he didn't write this, but this is all based on his, uh, his interpretation run. of the character. Yeah. Oof. It's this is like straight out of a, a horror movie. This scene because I like the fact and there's a couple of things with the the um, the you know you, you get a, one of the things I like in, in it is as the scene starts you get a very faint um, version of the theme music but it's a kind of over a heartbeat sound. I thought that was very cool, but I like that we almost realise that there's people hanging up as Daredevil does because he's walking through all the meat. That's all you can see, and then you see one guy. And that's when he sort of look, you know, sort of is aware. And then you start to see more. I just, I love the way it was shot. It was like out of a horror movie. It was great. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it was. And we Again, also see I, he also was... finds some of the weapons boxes empty, like with the, the, the arms in them. Again, I was like wondering about like what his senses should be picking up at this time. And I, on the rewatch, I noticed that he does kind of like have a reaction before we see these guys. And it's mm-hmm. like a few, like a little while, a little ways away. So maybe he's hearing like a faint heartbeat. Yeah, because well, there is a heartbeat like when he arrives there, but it's like a heartbeat noise. But it sounds like it's more part of the score than a sound. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just, I just, oh, I loved it. And this is also one of the promo images that was released before the show, which was you could see Daredevil in that outfit walking through like a meat locker thing. So I was like, <laughs> my immediate thought was he was gonna like instead of going to Fogwells, he was gonna like hit the meat like Rocky, <laughs> like to work out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to them shooting this costume in full like fluorescent light. Like we're seeing it in shadows in these like barely lit places. I'm looking forward to seeing the costume in full light. So, so I don't know. It, hoping it'll hold it, up. Maybe. Is it exactly the same as the last episode it's, of season one? Did it change I a bit? think it's slightly different, but nothing that I would be able to point out the bits that are different, but it's still that mix of red and black. Um, mm. It's pr- still pretty close to what um, uh, Melvin Potter d- uh, designed for him um, in that it looks a bit unfinished, but I think it's still the same uh, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, also in this scene before he found the guy in the hook, the, the TV was on. Oh, yeah. And uh, that whatever he was speaking Spanish, wasn't he? It was probably a Mexican show or mm-hmm. something. Whoever he was, he sounded like Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Adolf Hitler speaking Mexican. How is this something you know what it sounds like, Matt? I'm confused. No, just his his <laughs> intonation and his intensity. He's it was like, hilarious, though, because it sounded like, like as soon as we said that, oh, yeah, it sounds like Adolf Hitler. And we were like, ha, ha, ha. And then we turned around and looked at, and our cat was laying on the floor and he was staring up at the TV, like, like looking at, like, watching. <laughs> he was like, Kyle. He was in France. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you turned around and saw the cat, and the cat, like, slowly raised one paw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, basically, I mean, he never he never watches TV, but he was a chance. <laughs> Briscoe was, like, in trance. Was it Briscoe or Bola? Yeah, it was. It was the evil cat. It was the evil one. <laughs> that proves it. All cats are Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one. <laughs> Um, so next scene is Foggy and um, this this biker guy outside the club. This is where we get the uh, mention of uh, Pope and uh, <laughs> Nelson and Murdoch representing Pope. It's good you got out of the uh, the evil biker scene, John. Just want to say, you know, it wasn't really the right place for me, and <laughs> I, you know, had a good support system, so that helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Um, but this is where we get some of the details that. Smitty is is dead and he's been killed already and he was on a drug run and was cut down by an army. 
an army, mm. guys. On, on I-90, even. Mm. Um, well, basically, like, Foggy learned no good information here. All he learned was false information. I think it's it was... more, uh, yeah, I, exactly. I, th- I think it's more uh, reiterating the fact that it's like an army of people. You know, it's this army of, like, this guy that's, the, you know, this army of people that's doing all this stuff. And, like, we see, like, the cartel and they've all been hung up and there's all these weapons. You think, oh, my word. So I think for people that didn't know it was the Punisher... It's meant to reiterate that before we get the reveal in the next scene that it's just one guy, you know? By the way, guys, at this point in the episode, still hadn't figured it out. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. yeah, still hadn't done it. That's all right. Neither had uh, 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 Matt Murdock, so don't worry. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right along with Daredevil. <laughs> So, yeah, we get the reveal from this one guy that it's it's just uh, from this cartel member that it's one guy. It's not a team. It's just one man. And this is when we get our first sort of look at the Punisher from like the back of his head and his his distinctive ears um, as he enters the hospital like the Terminator to get a grotto. And yeah, yeah. this is where I figured it out. You're like, oh, it's him. I recognize those ears from anywhere. Like... That's Shane from Walking Dead. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you guys think of this this scene? I, I like the bit where he he gets the gun and just throws it in the bin using a side throw without even looking. I thought that yeah. was great. Yeah. That was a good, good one. Yeah. We don't really see him clearly. And as you guys said earlier, Karen's got Ben's car. Did uh did Ben's you know widow give that to you, Karen, or did you just steal it? <laughs> like what the hell? She's not she gonna might... remember it. <laughs> she might be dead. Yeah. Oh. Maybe maybe she bought it from them. It may not have been very expensive. Maybe either way, she she's probably unable to drive. <laughs> uh, like, oh, I thought of this scene. Call. I was I was like, you know, of course, you know, you heard me, my thoughts on the Punisher in mm-hmm. the last episode, and I was not proven. <laughs> like, oh, this is this is a person I'm gonna root for at all. Like, this asshole is like shooting recklessly in a hospital full of innocent people. Like, right. fuck this guy. <laughs> Right, he shot right through an opaque window at his quarry, even though you can't see who's back there. Right, right. You don't have daredevil powers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be super cuddly in his first appearance, Robin. I'm just saying, I'm waiting to see this big Marvel hero that everybody would you, is would all you big like fan a, of. Would you like a slight spoiler? Uh, please tell me white boots or nothing else. Uh, well, I, I can't tell you that there's white boots because that would be a spoiler. Damn it! Um, episode eight. Robin. White boots will won me over. Episode 8. I will okay. say that the Punisher made me cry in this season. Yeah, I've... Say. Because okay. he killed Daredevil. Yep. That's Well, that's episode 13. <laughs> well, actually, it's episode... The end of episode 1 because, yeah, this is not... This is their secret way of giving Punisher his own shows because he fucking murders Daredevil. <laughs> Just the Daredevil first episode. <laughs> <laughs> you watch episode 2 and it says Daredevil and then there's, like, bullet holes through it and it says Punisher. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I like and, uh, when, uh, I w- when I wasn't a fan of. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Oh no, I was just gonna say I like that when because um, obviously he he's about to shoot Grotto, um, but when Daredevil interrupts him and and Daredevil and Punisher are fighting, I like that it's all um, like boxing and close close combat fighting. So obviously that's what the the Punisher would do. He'd be like a, a brawler. Um, I like that. You know, whereas if you see Daredevil fighting like Nobu, it's much more martial art based. I like that it's it. They constantly bring different things to Daredevil's fighting style. Um, I just wanted to mention. 
I was gonna. I was gonna say that the same thing actually. Oh, cool. Because there was a there was a scene where like they both stand up and it's just them trading punches. I mean, mm-hmm. you sort of expect from Daredevil a lot of jumps and kicks, and he does do a little bit of that. But there is just a a real close shot where the two of them just <laughs> trade jabs back and forth. Yeah. yeah I like the big left the left kick, and then he follows it right up with the right kick, like while while, while still in the air. Yeah, like, it was great. Oh, Chris Brewster. I think that yeah, that was a Chris Brewster. <laughs> Yeah, I liked I liked how Daredevil was all acrobatic and doing ninja moves and Punisher just like fuck you and just like beats him down. <laughs> I like as well I, I, that the, when um, Daredevil falls to the ground before he gets back up, we have like the blood coming out of his mouth, yes. which is like a nice callback to um, to again to season one, you know, with the get back to work um, scene. I thought that was cool. I like how this fight starts with like he you see him point looking looking through the gun barrel yeah and then you see him side profile and then in the background you see freaking daredevil running along the side of the building about to kick him it's just uh awesome so awesome good I, I think like phil abraham like it, it, he just like absolutely beautifully beautifully directed episodes he does because i think again the first two episodes of season one um this one and like the next one as well i just think he just has such i I don't i you know i don't know how it works in terms of like with the the director and the cinematographer i don't know how much obviously comes from each i'm not you know in that business but i just think when i see phil abraham's episodes i always just think they're so beautifully done they always really impress me so yeah and this Mm -hmm. one's no exception what did you guys think of the moment at the very end because i sort of mentioned earlier i really think that like like Matt's Matt's sort of cockiness in this episode when Punisher pulls that gun that Matt hadn't an- anticipated it's it's like this thing enters his world that he's like oh crap and then he just gets that shot off straight away yeah, there's uh, some I was just there. like wow yeah it was, it was oh it's such a great ending to the episode mm. uh, his hand comes up though there's gonna be something that has to do with that he's gonna lose his middle finger like Christian Slater in uh, Heather's spoilers for Heather's <laughs> <laughs> well he was sticking his middle finger up so he deserved that uh, <laughs> just gives him the finger as punishment <laughs> i was talking about the end of heathers but that'd be awesome if it happened here too <laughs> you show it in slow-mo at the start of next episode and that's what happens that's great thing that's great in heathers though he sticks his finger out but he's like fuck you put to school whatever and then he uses he sh- they sh- the middle finger gets shot and he's like ah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Heather's again. finger flies off. <laughs> it's <was> amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's such a good film. So that was the uh, that was episode one, guys. Whoa, we have yeah, all the Easter eggs as well. But go on, Robert, the hand, sorry, you go. There, there, there's there's going to be something that has to do with the hand coming. I mean, we were, we were talking about like body armor, uh, the suit, and whatever throughout this episode here and there, like with Foggy or whatever. Um, and uh, uh, I, I I think. There's going to be something where I mean, obviously he's not going to be dead, <laughs> but it's going to be something involved with. The, I think his hand's going to be hurt. Are you saying I, I, you don't believe what I just said happens in the start of the next episode with the Punisher season now? No, how dare you? No. Okay. <laughs> well, would you? Are you guys ready for some Easter eggs? It's uh, almost, yeah. actually this is the next, season. Next next week is Easter, right? So. I, do you think I know? I haven't got a clue. I only realized the other day it was Lent. I was like, oh, isn't Lent something to do with Easter? I, I, it's been a long time since I've been to church. I don't know. I haven't lent anybody anything in a while. You don't, you don't track peep season on your calendar, Claire? (laughs) No, because peeps are disgusting. Ah. You take that back. Never. (laughs) (laughs) They're like diabetes in a bag. (laughs) Delicious diabetes in a bag. (laughs) No. 
Mind you, I do like churros, and churros are or like diabetes that you dip in more diabetes and eat, so I can't really <laughs> <laughs> judge. Okay, so Easter eggs, let's get into them. Get, are your tummies open and your minds empty or something? I don't know. <laughs> I'll do it the other way around. And to quote Willy Wonka, scratch that, reverse it. <laughs> Oops. Uh, I mean, um, so, nice little nod to the, uh, the Daredevil movie is the clients of Nelson Murdoch um, paying them in food. Um, which is kind of cool. Like obviously in the movie, they were being paid in wheels of cheese and sports supplies, as Foggy yeah, said. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Nesbitt, the sort of Irish leader, I guess, was uh, is a character from the comics. He was created by Garth Ennis and Leon- Leandro Fernandez in The Punisher, Volume Six, Number Eight, which was released in two thousand and four. He was not killed in the in the same way in the comics. Um, I don't, it doesn't say how he was, but yeah, he is a character from the comics. I should say as well, these are from denofgeek.com, who are amazing um, at spotted Easter eggs. Claire, can I just is 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 Nesbitt in the comics? Is he that old guy that gets out of prison and he comes back to take down some of the younger guys? I'm barely remembering the story. No idea. Right? I I don't right. know. I don't know. I did. I wasn't. I think I have read that run. Uh, well, it must be that run, like the Garth Ennis run. So I'm pretty sure I've read all of his Punisher stuff, but I barely remember anything about it because it's been a long time um so the character of the punisher himself was created by jerry conway and john ramita senior in the amazing spider-man number 129 which was released in 1974 um and he was kind of like a minor spider-man villain for years and then he appeared in um in uh, daredevil as well during frank miller's run uh, of course and but he really rose to prominence in the 1980s due to the circle of blood miniseries that was written by stephen grant and the Mark circle of blood. it fills us all with fear and it was only after that that he really became like a, a headliner and got his own series and, and stuff with his awesome white boots can we can we uh, sometime get together and practice the circle circle of life, but as a barbershop quartet? Yes, absolutely. yes, and yes. Jonathan, are you in for that? I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll put it on the last episode. <laughs> I can't. Wait. We'll go to the real life Josie's and do karaoke there of the circle of life as a barbershop quartet. Yes. Oh. I can imagine that bartender we met would be so into it. So, character of Grotto, he is from the comics. He is an associate of Turks. Um, so, he's kind of like the same really as Turk. He's kind of like a low level guy. He first appeared in the same issue uh, that was the first appearance of Electra, which was issue number 168 in 1981. Uh, so that's quite cool. He um, has a very different story in this season, though, than in the comics. In the comics, he was just kind of like a you know a low life, small time crook type guy. Um, the Punisher at one point they mentioned that he's not fond of the Irish. It was revealed in the comics that Frank Castle's name Castle was a shortened or Americanized version of Castiglio. God, my Italian's terrible. Casti Castiglione Castiglione. Castiglione, there you go, which is a <laughs> Sicilian, <laughs> a Sicilian name, and it's um, so it might be like a little nod to the sort of Irish-Italian gang rivalry that was, you know, big in New York. Um, You're a cantaloupe. I'm a Castiglione. <laughs> uh, two more Easter eggs. 
So the oh Dogs of Hell uh, biker group actually give us our first crossover officially between the Netflix Marvel shows and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. randomly because what? season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 15, which was the episode where Lorelai, who is an Asgardian character, comes to Earth, featured <gasps> the Dogs of Hell biker group again. Oh no shit, that's right. So it's quite a weird crossover, but it's like, yeah, this is officially the same universe as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. <laughs> Which weren't also makes Montana it the same universe as uh, Agent Carter. Sorry? In Montana. So weren't, weren't they in Montana or something in oh, that episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I can't remember. I've seen it once. I, I, I feel I, like they I were in like it, it wasn't New York. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I Like I said, I, I only watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. one time. It, and I'm done. I, it feels like it was much more out in the country than New York. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you there. But I, I can't remember where it was. Someone write in and tell us because I don't know. <laughs> Uh, last Easter egg. So at one point, the biker tells Foggy that he's got guts, and I just want to say that in issue, this is what this is what I spotted. I'm so pleased I didn't get this from Denny. <laughs> um, so this is my nerd credentials coming out in issue 185 of Daredevil, which was during Frank Miller's run, and um, the the comic was called Guts, and it was narrated by Foggy like a kind of noir story. And um, Foggy was investigating under the codename Guts Nelson. What? So, I like the fact he tells him he got Guts. He's Guts Nelson. Oh, my goodness. And I'm sure at some point Daredevil tells someone over speakerphone or walkie-talkie or phone or something, and he's like, you don't want to mess with Guts Nelson. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. So those are your Easter eggs. Are you nice and full? Will you have room for your chocolate Easter eggs next week at actual Easter? That means if we ate Easter eggs this this week, that means we cheated on Lent. Oh, that's true. I'm okay with that. <laughs> As am I. <laughs> so now is that special time for quotes. And some I've done one already, really. So who wants to? I've got so many. Jonathan, you're our special, special guest. Okay. I've just got one. It's bang. Oh, so good. When was that? So good. I'm just <laughs> and his face as well when he says that, when he pulls the trigger. Oh, he just looks crazy. It was like, oh, so good. <laughs> Robin, you can do one, seems you have loads. Uh, okay, my first one is place smells like dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a hug. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, uh, Mel? Uh, uh, piss on them all. <laughs> Do you do that every time you do a toast, Mel? What? Do you do that? You yell that every time you do a toast. I'm going to now. <laughs> Matt, have you got any quotes? I owe $9 to a whore. Oh, wait, that's Deadwood. Um, <laughs> it could well be this. It could be a line that Turk says. <laughs> um, um, Brett, you can trust us. We're lawyers. <laughs> I have one which is can you imagine Nelson and Murdoch on the dance floor I can't deny that does sound epic I was like oh yeah it does oh <laughs> uh, Robin from that same scene with Brett did you just say my man <laughs> oh that was so good <laughs> oh that was good <laughs> and at the end <laughs> Foggy's like oh he called me his friend <laughs> I was like oh. <laughs> oh any other quotes anyone uh, you want me to start writing sure <laughs> go for it She's as quick as she is beautiful. Reminds me of myself. <laughs> and that um, was when Mel swooned. <laughs> it's not underwear, Foggy. Underwear is more comfortable. Oh, I love that. No, he says underwear is comfortable. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so good. I love that. And then you know, like, the uh, kind of grins and that makes um, Foggy grin as well. It's great. Aww. Um, I missed Hell's Kitchen. Oh, yeah? It didn't miss you. 
Yeah. I got the one that I said earlier as well, but I'm going to do sound effect for this one again. We both know I'll be back by the end of the month. <laughs> Punch. <laughs> Wait, you didn't, you didn't say the one before that, which was, fine, no one, be like that. <laughs> it was such a childish thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love Turk. I think Turk might be my favourite character, seriously. I love him so much. <laughs> Any other quotes, guys? No. I'm out. <laughs> You're out? Okay, cool. So, now it's time for feedback. However, I don't think we have any. <gasps> what? It's the first season? First... Oh. No, guys. You're Listeners. Down. You do have an email from um, February, so when we were doing sort of finishing Jessica Jones, that we didn't get to. This is from Derek, uh, and he said, uh, it's in regards to Dead, obviously it's quite good. So he says, I like how they did smell in the Hannibal TV series. Do you think that would work for Daredevil? I'm really enjoying this part, this part one podcast. So happy I found you, smiley face. Thanks, Derek. Sorry it took us ages to get to your email. I can't remember how they did smell in Hannibal. I'm trying to remember. Like, do you guys remember how they did it? Because I know, like, they would do stuff with, um, like, when Will was looking at a crime scene and picking it apart and it sort of would rewind almost, wouldn't it? And he would see what happened. But I can't remember any specific instances of, of smell. Me either. I feel bad. Derek, let us know which one so, we, so I can check it out. Because um, the one, like, they haven't really dealt with visualizing daredevil smelling stuff in the, the show as yet have they like, i can't really remember in season one apart from him saying you know where like you said earlier he can smell cologne several floors up but i don't think we've seen it visually have we i i don't remember hannibal ever like having like visuals of his smells i just remember him talking about it mm. Mm. yeah I don't know. I'd, I'd, I want to know more now because I'm like, I want to know how they did it. So, yeah. Eric, if you're listening, please let us know, like an example, and I'll go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, but that would be quite a cool thing to explore. Okay. Um, so no feedback this week, guys. You better get on it. I know you've only had two days, but, you know, not good enough. I watched all 13. I'm exhausted. I'm you guys want me to take out my, my murder my murder powers that I use on uh, Hoopocast? Oh, yeah. Don't mess with <laughs> Yeah, to hunt down uh, those, all those feedbackers. We should say as well, to... in season yeah. one of Dead of Daredevil, Mel was just a little embryo, but she's now fully grown, and you don't want to mess with her. She's like a fully grown raptor now. Yeah. She is. <laughs> <laughs> and not the, uh, the bird kind. She's like a, uh, a velociraptor. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It's like those uh, from that new movie. I'm like a trained uh, <laughs> velociraptor, and I can, yeah. like, you're you know, a trained raptor that Matt rides around on. Yeah. I, uh, are you blue? I, yeah. <laughs> I put a camera on her head. Wow. <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> that random point. So we need to rate this episode. Uh, Jonathan, our very special guest and ex-member of the Dogs of Hell. You can go first. <laughs> oh, Jonathan, are you still there? Oh, no. Oh, no, Jonathan. Sorry. The dog's got you. Sorry, <laughs> the I'm, dog's I'm got here. back to you. Oh, no. But <laughs> you're a dog. You're always a dog. Sorry, I, I muted my microphone so I could go walking <laughs> into the kitchen, and then I forgot to unmute it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, no, I really liked this episode. I thought it was a, a really good opener for season two. Uh, it it had a cliffhanger ending, and I'm not sure if Daredevil's dead or not. Um, well, I guess, I'm, I mean, probably not. But <laughs> He is. Uh, I, yeah, I'd give it. I'd give it probably a, uh, a nine unexpected uh, hol- uh, gun holsters out of ten, mm. uh, just so that I can give the series somewhere left to go because it, it was a really, really ex- uh, exciting opener. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. It's like I don't, you know, 
it's it's tough like when you haven't seen the rest of it i i feel for you guys like trying to trying to score it okay so nine robin you can go next yeah i uh really uh i i'm very happy to watch this first episode and i'm dying to watch the second episode which i'll probably be doing tonight um uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to get back into this universe again. I was excited when I was uh, rewatching season one to get back into it um, because I had such a fun time with Jessica Jones. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, I think the only thing that this that ha- is against this episode for me is just a knowledge of what I have. I mean, nothing was a big surprise to me in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, except for Daredevil getting shot, but then I was like, well, he's not dead, so I'm not really, like, <laughs> uh, blown away, quote-unquote, <laughs> by that. Um, so I'm well, just technically, gonna... he doesn't need his eyes, because he doesn't use them, so the fact That's that he's true. had one of his eyes blown out, I mean, doesn't actually <laughs> slow him down at all, like, so you won't be surprised about that in the next episode, right? Um, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, the first scene in the next episode is uh, Matt in the ground, we get a close-up of his face, he smiles, and a bullet between his teeth last dragon style <laughs> that'd be amazing <laughs> nice and then we'll get the sound kind anyway uh i just said darn um so i'm gonna give it uh again wiggle room um uh it i'm gonna give it 8.5 out of 10 comfortable pairs of underwear okay um mel um i oh <laughs> I didn't enjoy the first part of this episode. Like, the first half, mm-hmm. mm, no, no, I can't buy it. But the second <laughs> half, I really enjoyed. They're all separate. They're all doing their thing. They're all really good at it. You know, keep doing that thing you do, guys. Uh-huh. Keep on improving yourselves without each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I am going to give it a um, 6.5 out of 10 Ooh. Irish stereotypes. <laughs> I was fine with the episode. I liked everything bar the, the three amigos. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'll give it. Oh, it'd be uh, amazing if they did the little salute that the three amigos do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Good sound effects. <laughs> I will uh, give it a uh, eight out of ten. Lights that may or may not be on. <laughs> cool. Um, and I. Um, okay, so I, I thought it was a really strong opener. Um, as you guys know, in season one, I knew immediately what my favourite episode was. It's a bit harder. Like it's, it's a bit harder with Jessica Jones because I thought it was so consistently excellent. Um, this season, I was thinking about this one. I watched it, and I think I have two that are a possibility, but it's not for two particular scenes that I really love. But it, it's not one that jumps out to me as as immediately as it did with season one. However, I think this is a really, really strong season opener. Um, I love that we got Turk back. I love that we had the foggy um, Matt and Karen stuff. I thought the introduction of the Punisher was great, particularly the, the hospital scene. He's just like a, a freaking you know, Terminator walking through. I agree with what Robin said in terms of it's a shame, like knowing some stuff. And obviously I knew a bit more like even the new guys from seeing the trailers. I didn't know a ton, but I do sometimes think, oh, I wish that I didn't even know who the Punisher was so I could see yeah. this reveal. That would be so cool. Um, I love where it ended. I thought that was great. So I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 cheap, ugly puppies. (laughs) (laughs) 
That gives an average of an eight. Awesome. Good start to the season. What do we give season one? Do you remember season one, episode one? Oh, I have it right here. Uh, 8.7. Oh, cool. Um, Mel gave that one a seven. So uh, those surprised by Mel's score. Should it be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Mel, Mel hates his show. Mel <laughs> has feelings and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you for being our very first special guest for Daredevil season two. Oh, Where can people hear you? Have you, you got any other me. have you got any other podcasts coming up in the future, Jonathan? Very soon. <laughs> you can you can hear me on this week's episode of Intro to X, which we'll be recording in twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> You can always find me in the tags on Intro to X. Uh, you can find me uh, on the Deadwood podcast in a couple of months. Awesome. Uh, Hooplecast uh, with Matt and Mel. Yay. Maybe you'll be on a podcast that's coming out in the future. Hey, Mel. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you might but stay want to. tuned for that, listeners. Thank you, Jonathan, so also, much. And you're going to be back for also, Luke Cage, I'm, yeah? Um, I'm going to be moving oh. next week, so if anyone just wants to stop by and help, uh, <laughs> I could really use it. Like, Any lists uh, in I don't the have Seattle that much area? <laughs> yeah. This isn't Craigslist, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> You need to put up a poster in Josie's next to the cheap ugly puppets poster. Awesome. And you'll be back for Luke Cage, yeah? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so, lovely, lovely co hosts. Um, what have you guys been up to? Is there anything you want to plug from recent weeks? Uh, yeah. Um, I, again, have been very fortunate on getting another executive producer of iZombie on the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. We did a uh, commentary on the pilot episode of iZombie on the one year anniversary of uh, of the pilot airing. So uh, it was so awesome. Uh, I really uh, would love people to watch iZombie and, and then check out our podcast and listen to all these awesome guests to be beginning. It's been ridiculous. Cool. So iZombiePodcast.com. Also, uh, We Don't Want to Wait, Dawson's Creek Podcast. Come on, we guys. We Don't Want to Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Redemption Cast, an angel podcast. Sweet. Matt and Mel? Um, Twin Peaks Podcast must be coming back soon. Uh, I don't know. I release one every once in a while when we do a, a, a commentary, but uh, it won't be back in full swing until the new season in 2017. But it will be back, and you can listen to what's there still. So yeah. Twin Peaks podcast. There's that, like that is the where Matt, Mel, and I first officially met through yep. the internets. Oh, <laughs> yep. there's like there's probably like 15 Twin Peaks podcasts now, but we were the first. Um, <laughs> That's uh, what you should you should put that as the tagline. We were the first. <laughs> Are there any that actually call themselves the Twin Peaks podcast like yours? No. Oh, that's um, good. At least you got that. Yeah. Somebody tried once, but then they then they found us. There's um, a ton of them since. There's like, how many was it that guy said the other day, Matt, in that post? Yeah, I think it was, was like 15 or something. Yeah, 12, 15. Oh, that's amazing. Like that. Yeah. Um, but then also Hooplecast, which is about Deadwood. Awesome. Um, there was also a, a previous um, podcast I did with Matt and Mel on the show Carnival. And I'm just going to say specifically to Matt and Mel, stay tuned for a possible guest in Daredevil Season 2, guys. Hooray. <laughs> Another wing. Clancy, Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown. Yeah, Clancy Brown. that'd be great. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. As Punisher's oh. dad. Oh, he should have played the Punisher himself. Yeah, he would have been pretty great. Old man Punisher. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's someone that you would hopefully recognize from that show. Um, So, yeah. 
I think it's awesome. Okay, so awesome show, <laughs> Carnival. <laughs> um, okay, so next week, guys, we have um, episode two. It's also uh, written by Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez, and directed by Phil Abraham. I like that they're still doing that. They seem to have done that for the you know the shows have the the same writer for the first two episodes and director. I like that they have that consistency, and they seem to be doing that obviously with Luke Cage with the news we said earlier. But uh, yeah, next week, our special guest is going to be Vicky and the episode is Dogs to a Gunfight. What do you guys think that's about or what do you think is going to happen in general? Apart from Dead catching the bullet between his teeth. A hallway fight between Daredevil and a bunch of bikers. And it's going to be even better. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I've I've already been. When you asked if we'd been spoiled, I forgot to mention that I did see a, a headline that said there was going to be a tribute to the hallway fight in season two. Uh, yeah i've seen it referred to (laughs) a lot as like a tribute i i i don't know i I mean i spoke to chris brewster kind of about that briefly when i spoke to him you know i interviewed him as well and obviously he couldn't say much i don't even know if i'd refer to it as like a tribute but there is there is i just assume the greatest fight in the world there is a i just assume it's another i just assume it's another single take fight or something i'm not gonna say but there is a awesome awesome fight so they yeah that's all I say, but I, I find I don't know. We can talk about it at the time. Yeah, they, I keep seeing it referred to as a tribute, which kind of I don't know. It to me that makes it feel like it's not trying to up it at all. It's just kind of going. It's paying tribute to this thing that's greater than its itself. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. I think it's just as strong. But we'll get to that later. I um, see which episode? You, what did you say the episode was called again? It's called Do- uh, Dogs to a Gunfight. I think I think it's going to be about uh, that dog that you said was becomes. Oh, Daredevil. juice the devil dog. Juice the devil dog <laughs> develops opposable thumbs and uh, discovers that he can shoot guns. Oh. <laughs> runs through, uh, runs uh, behind Daredevil, just shooting two guns all the time. And go. Pew, pew. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he gets in an accident with like a truck full of chemicals and develops opposable thumbs. <laughs> and that's why him and Daredevil are the best of friends oh. because they similar circumstances. No, there's going to be a fight. Melvin Potter's to get a costume as well now. Yes. <laughs> there's going to be a fight between two rival gangs. It's going to be the... Uh... And, uh, no, the dog also has like a stick guy, but he like keeps chasing him because he <laughs> named Stick. <laughs> it's going to be a fight between the Italians and the, the gang called the Dog Catchers, and they just hurl dogs at people instead of firing guns. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> they shoot dogs out of cannons. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, I mean, we can pretty much skip next week because we've predicted everything that's going to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, listeners, no need to watch next week. Uh, we will, uh, we will wait and see then. Oh, and you've just sent a picture of Hong Kong Fui, which is amazing. Do <laughs> <laughs> you hear me scrambling to Google immediately? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that will be next week. Um, listeners, please send us your thoughts on the the uh, second episode and the first episode oh. as well, if you want, because obviously it is quite um, short, a short period of time to do feedback on the first episode. But send us your thoughts. We love hearing them. Just let us know what you think. Just or let else. us know what's going on in your lives. Or, or else. Or else we'll set Mel on you. Or else murder Mel will get you. Murder Mel? <laughs> Cool. So, Jonathan, it's your turn to take us out with an Excelsior, or you can take us out with a bang if you want, which sounds really dirty, and I don't mean it that way. <laughs> oh, man, it's tempting now. Uh, right. All right, guys. Bang. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!